Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dudes Who Like Movies, starring me, my sensual voice, Dan, and with my good buddy, uh, Alec, as always. Yeah, we're back to normal this time. Right? Yeah, we're getting used to it. What was it? I think last time we did this, I was still recovering from a cold, so my voice is a little bit better. Oh, yeah. I, what was that? More or less, I was just con- congested. Oh, I thought I heard... Is that me? Is that Emily in the background? Oh, yeah. She, uh, our cat's freaking out. But anyway. Let's Anywho. See. Yeah, so it's Memorial Day this weekend. But more importantly, the new Obi-Wan show comes out. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, so we thought we would talk about the best modern war films. And yeah, so to start things. So basically, we'll, we'll do it like this. I have two that I'll talk about. And Alec has two that he'll talk about. And We'll just kind of, because we didn't want to just spend like an hour like, oh, remember this one? Remember this one? So we're just going to go kind of like that. We're going to make it a short, sweet, to the point, and go straight into it. So, Alec, why don't you get us started with 1917, why you like it so much? Okay, so, well, the reason why I like 1917 is because it is one of the rarer types of war movies where it's it, where its set place is World War One. You never... I mean, when you think of the World Wars, any war movie that is set in that type of uh, conflict area, you know, that 30-year period. Yeah, it's, it's always, always World War II. Always World War II, exactly. I, you, I think the last World War I movie off the top of my head that I can think of that was made in the U.S. was a movie called The Lost Battalion. And that was, God, that was almost 15 20 years ago now i think early 2000s maybe early 90s it's very old couldn't tell you very good movie though not gonna lie very good movie okay um but this one was made and it's just the story's a little weird but it's beautifully shot almost one like it's one long single take it's it's gorgeous the uniforms are amazing the story evolves around these two these two guys. I believe they were brothers, and uh, they are going to deliver a message to the front lines, tell them, "Hey, don't go over the top. You're gonna die." To to the commander because they were supposed to have bombed a trench. I believe it had it was taking place. I think it was the Somme is what they had said in the movie. I don't remember. I don't think it was 1917 was the Somme though, but I could be wrong. Anyway. So they have to deliver this message to the front line. So these two guys are heading out. And unfortunately, one of them does die. Spoiler alert. I mean, hey, it's it, been, what, three years now? Oh, God. Tw- was it 2019 when it came out? Yeah. Yeah, never mind. Sorry. 2019. But it was so stupid how he died. I, I, I hate it because it was like a crashed German plane. And the pilot was wounded. And then he just is like, hey, here, have some water. And the pilot just stabs him. And then the other guy just straight out was like, oh, my God. And then he shoots him dead. And I'm just like, so that that was all unnecessary. All unnecessary. And they had survived landmines. They had survived a cave-in. The Germans had booby-trapped their trenches. Um, It was so depressing. Because then it's up to this one guy who then gets to um, a bombed-out village in France. And he ends up getting milk for this woman for a baby. And then he's traveling. He gets caught late at night in a town with some German patrols. He kills one of them. Then he starts rushing out. And then all of a sudden, 
he lands in the middle of a British battalion. And he's like, wait a minute. Are you guys this 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 battalion? He's like, no, they're up there at the trench. He's like, oh God. And then he starts, it, it was weird. He started like fast walking and then the whistle blows. Then he hops up over the trench, starts walking back towards the commander's tents. Bombs are going off. People are being shot. And then he just walks in there and he hands him a piece of paper and he's like, oh, uh-oh, what? We weren't supposed to go over the top. Oh, well, pull back. And they start pulling back. It was, it's a very good movie. I know I'm, I'm trying to be fast about the Well, I was going to say, you're making it sound a little anticlimactic. I, I'm trying Because I haven't to, seen it, but. I'm trying to, like, speed it up because I know we're on a, a limited time because, uh, you know, we have to get through all these movies, but. It is better than what I'm making it sound. It's a very good movie. It's beautiful, wonderfully acted. I highly recommend watching it. It's just, you have to kind of watch it because at some points it does get kind of slow, but it picks up very easily. From what I've seen, because I have not seen the movie, I don't know it won a bunch of Oscars. Apparently it just it's a very well-crafted movie where it kind of puts you right in the middle of the dirt. You know what I mean? Yes, and I agree with that assessment 100%. Sure. And again, I haven't seen it, but that's just what I've heard about the film. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I've heard really good things about it. it. I remember it came out like right before the pandemic and I just never got around to seeing it. And I don't even know, can you watch it on Netflix now or on Hulu or something? Uh, it might be on, on Hulu or something. I was going to say, I don't it might be on HBO Max. But anyway, so no, yeah, I mean, I've heard really good things about it. And I, I like I said, it's a well-crafted film reason why we're putting on this list is yeah i mean the craft is really good and it puts you right in the thick of it so you understand what these soldiers are going for and one thing that i know about world war one having not seen the movie 1917 was a lot of the people like they were fighting were just kids like these movies like i don't know how old they're supposed to be in the movie but like they most of them were like 17 18 year olds you know yeah because they would lie about their age just to get into the uh the military and also the uh british and the French, they just kind of stop checking. They're like, okay, yeah, you're clearly 23. It could be like 15. Like, yeah, you're clearly 23. Get on up there. Yeah. Well, and I mean, this is just my assessment of war. And I'm not even going to talk about I'm not going to mention that because I don't want to get into a tangent. But anyway, so yeah. Uh, nice human human element to it. It's a very simple story from what I know. And yeah, no, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. And then. It's a very simple story. But the journey is what does it for you. Like the sure. journey getting it. Sure. Well, so we're gonna move to the superior war now, World War II. And so uh, let's talk about Dunkirk first before we talk about the other one. So All right. you you've seen Dunkirk. I know I saw it at least twice in theaters, and I've I seen it I, saw, I think I saw it with you. Did you? Maybe, yeah. They know that might have been it. We we did because we were I, I made a joke at the point when they were defending the beach in the town. Do you remember? Honestly, I don't remember seeing it in theater. I, I remember that I did see it, but you know, anyway, we're talking, we're getting on a tangent. So Dunkirk is kind of similar in 1917 that it kind of follows. Well, I guess in 1917, the two characters have names and you know who they are and their characters, but in Dunkirk, it's Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Christopher Nolan is, is making a point that, in intentionally not telling you the characters' names because that's kind of the way it was for them at the time was, you know, they didn't know who each other were. They just knew, okay, are you are you on my side? Cool. Are you not? Well, okay. And then it's basically, yeah, during the whole Dunkirk evacuation, it's the, what is it? The British and the French are screwed 
Yeah, in... because they got surrounded by the Germans in the town of Dunkirk because the British Expeditionary Force was not able to save the French military. And so they had to do an evacuation outside Dunkirk, but they got surrounded very quickly. And I was going to say, Dunkirk in France, right? Because it was, it was on the French thing? It is in it's okay, in yeah, France. Yeah. Right along the uh, northern coast, right, like right on the channel. Okay. And yeah, and, and anyone who knows history, I mean, some people don't know about this because I, mean, I didn't know about it before we saw it. But yeah, the, uh, the a bunch of civilians used their private boats to go and save the soldiers on the beach who were basically stranded. Like They were kind of like just like sitting ducks, literally and figuratively, because they couldn't leave. Nobody, no ships would come in without being risked of, you know, being sunken or bombed. And so it's kind of just a bunch. It's like there's like three main characters or two or three that just like they're trying to survive. And it's intertwined so like there's this plot with the three soldiers on the land and then there's the two pilots i think in the air and then there's the the people in the boat and it's kind of it's a little confusing the first time you see it but essentially the the air scenes take place over an hour and i believe the land scenes take place over like a couple of days and the stuff on the boat takes place over like a night or something a couple days something like that but yeah, I mean, Christopher Nolan is just a, a brilliant filmmaker, but no, I, I really, this might be my favorite Nolan film just because of the human element. Like I said, you don't know these people and they're kind of just like fighting to survive and like you find favorite. out, so I was going to say, you find out that um, as they're all just like basically in this ship that has a bunch of bullet holes in it and, and the tide's coming in, they're like, oh, we're kind of screwed here. You find out that one of the people is, what is he, he's German or, or something and he's been hiding it because he wasn't talking or something. He was a spy. Yeah, he was a spy or something. And he ends up killing one of the, the people that we that we like, right? I, I, it's been a while since I've seen it, but... Yeah, I believe he ends up killing one of the guys when they hide underneath the boat that was, like, uh, washed up on shore. He ends up killing one of the guys in there. Yeah, so... But it's just, it's one of those things where you don't need to know who the characters are to sympathize with them. You know, you sympathize with them as human beings and it's a very human story. You know, these humans trying to survive, but also just the humans who are trying to save them. You know, like you, you see, like I said, these civilians who take like their own sailboats and their own, you know, private, you know, vessels to go and save these people. So. The best part for me then is the silence. Like he doesn't try to make a dramatic. It's just this is a war. This is what war is. It's not you know drama. Hero. It, it's hell on earth. Well, and but time. You don't get attuned to it. Oh, and I was gonna say when there is a score, time is a major factor of the score because you hear ticking, and yeah, that's the theme is like time is running out before they get you know overtaken by the Germans, and yet they're sitting ducks. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great film. Got a good human emotional connection Highly to it. Yeah, no, very very good. Dunkirk. It, like I said, it might be my favorite Nolan film. I really love Interstellar. Not Interstellar. What's the other one? Inception. That's the one I like. Sorry. Inception. Yeah, I really like. I really like Inception, but now this one I think is. Yeah, I, I like the human element because a lot of Christopher Nolan's films aside from Batman, get very bogged down in the science fiction, which, I mean, you know, that's that's kind of his thing, but I, I like yeah. this one. It's not Batman, and it's not science fiction. So that's just a personal thing. But and It's like there is a taco that is inside a burrito, inside a Taco Bell that's going to drink, drink, drink. Yeah, and then 
Another thing too is like I said, these movies that we've mentioned already in 1917, 1917 is kind of a historical night. Like what's the word I'm looking for? It didn't happen, but it could have happened. It's more of just like the setting and the characters, whereas Dunkirk yeah, actually did happen. So, yeah, because 1917 is more of like this is a, a story historical that, fiction that, that could have happened because of the events it preceded it. Because that kind of stuff did happen. Like they had to have people hand deliver notes. People would sometimes not get them in time, and bad things would happen. Yep. But yeah, that, that's just a just like a story. But Dunkirk, real, all real. Oh um, yeah, like, like it's just you can go back and find movies, books, uh, even uh, firsthand accounts. Yeah, no. So that I think is what makes Dunkirk stand out from 1917, in my opinion. Like I said, I haven't seen 1917, but. No, that, that is what makes Dunkirk stand out to me. Because, I mean, the other... So we have two more films we want to talk about. I'm going to stick with World War II era for our next one. But, so... Because this was based off a true story, too. Hacksaw Ridge. It's up there for me. I'm not sure if it's my... I think Sing Street was my favorite, but this was like a close second. But Hacksaw Ridge. So there's two reasons I like this movie. The first of which... Well, okay, the first reason without really getting into the plot is just how brutal it is and how, cause like, I mean, people always talk about the first like 10 minutes of saving private Ryan and how intense it is and how apparently like veterans who actually saw it, like had PTSD, they had to walk out of the theater. That's the entire, well, that's like the entire second half of Hacksaw Ridge. Cause like the first half is him training, but. And Alec, you still there? Oh, you still there? Yeah. Yeah. I'm here. Gotcha. Yeah. So. The second thing I really like about it is it, it just tells the story of one man and his convictions and just how he's not, yeah, he, he's one of those, he's a conscientious objector. He doesn't want to take life. He just wants to save life. And it's an, it's a story we haven't really seen before in film that I don't think very many people knew about beforehand. Cause I think he's the only conscientious objector. Desmond Doss was his name. I think he's the only conscientious objector to actually get the medal of freedom or the purple heart. One of the two. I think he got uh medal of freedom. Yeah, I, don't think, I don't think he was uh, he was injured but I don't think it was he got the purple heart but I think more people know him for the medal of freedom let me see here award medal oh he got the medal medal of honor yeah no. medal no. of honor and he met Harry Truman that's yeah Truman gave him that oh Harry I was gonna say funny that a, he get, that Truman gave a conscientious objector that but if you know history anyway <laughs> It was only a couple months, according to this, because apparently it was like October of 45 when he got the, let me, let me see here. Yeah, October 12th, 45 is when Desmond Doss became the first country to subject to the award of the Medal of Honor, and that was a couple months after Japan. We're not going to get into that, but anyway. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, that's kind of the, the big story, but also... So yeah, for those who have not seen it, Desmond Doss was a conscientious objector who still enlisted because he felt like it was the morally right thing to do. To, but yes. he, remember, his father was uh, he joined World War One and he tried to talk him out of it. But he said to his dad, you know, being a Christian, I want to help people, but I don't want to take it. And then he met that girl um, whose name I, escapes me. Dorothy. The one he went on to marry who was in the nursing for, and he said, well, that's what I'm going to do. I want to be in the medical field so I don't have to hurt anybody. I can just save them. And then he was told, oh, yeah, you're going to be a combat medic, but here's a gun. And he's like, I don't want that. And they said, no, you have to do it. And the reason why he didn't want it 
was because I believe it was he almost shot his father. Who well, is, it uh, was it was he just had like I think it was either Baptist or, or some kind of Christian denominational beliefs where you know don't you're you know thou shall not kill so he was like and yeah he had a confrontation with his father when he was younger where he almost shot him because he was abusive and blah 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 but my father did mention it was his ptsd because he did serve in the first world war and they even did that at his uh his uh court martial he showed up in his world war one uniform exactly but no so long story short desmond doss was a conscientious objector who still wanted to go out instead of killing people he wanted to save lives and Boy, did he. Uh, so Hacksaw Ridge is a place in Japan. It's a real place. I, I forget, like, what is it? Is it in Okinawa or? I believe it was. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, there was the nickname given to the island uh, because you have to climb up a hill where the Japanese were and then you have to run through it. And it was basically like, you know, being butchered, you know, like a meat grinder. So they it called a- it he was a seventh day adventist christian he refused to carry or use a weapon or firearm of any kind yeah he refused to even touch a gun and let's see here he goes to uh yeah during the battle of okinawa they are going to secure the um meta escarpment which is called hacksaw ridge yeah so anyway that's just what i read off a quick google but so we've been we kind of what makes this movie great? Like I said, I like how brutal it is. Like when you first see the fight scenes, like they don't pull any punches. And it, it starts out so innocently, though. You're telling a story, you're building up to it, which I really enjoyed too, because you actually like you get to know this person and I, why he does what he does. I mean, war is hell, and this film really like it goes oh, from God. the civilian side of it, which is him training and you know, him getting married and having to deal with that. And you you almost make him think like really why do you want to go into war and do this and you know you you feel for him and his convictions and then yeah he get there and you're like oh man maybe a gun wouldn't be a bad idea but like there's one scene where one of the guys who, who used to get into it with that boot camp literally picks up a, a half blown corpse like the guys the guy's legs are just gone and had part of his torso it's a dead Japanese guy he picks his body up with one arm. And then takes his machine gun, holds it to the side, and starts gunning down more Japanese. It is crazy because mm-hmm. like you just don't normally kind of see that in in war movies. Like honestly, you I think like yeah, it's a mess up stuff. But like I, I don't think I've ever seen a movie where a guy just picks up a half dead body or half a body that's dead and then just uses a human shield. Well, and I think too, what Mel Gibson was trying to do because Mel Gibson directed it is he wanted to contrast like how bad war was and how much killing there was around for how Desmond was just trying to save lives because, and I don't really want to spoil the ending of the movie, but let's just say he saves a lot of lives over the course of a night. And it is very, it's, it's real. Like it's legitimately, you know, what happened. And he he earns the re- yeah, he earns the respect of his, of his battalion, I guess, or whatever his infantry and your perspective in spawn most important <laughs> well and the thing is andrew garfield does an amazing job like I, I i know obviously casey affleck manchester by the sea that you love that movie but if it would have gone to andrew garfield would you really have been that upset no no not even yeah i, I, I love Manchester by the sea but hacksaw ridge was just the movie mm-hmm. well and he just play he makes desmond so likable and you see it in his eyes just how much he wants to help 
and he's kind of just fighting the system and he, he is a pacifist. They beat him up on like the first or second night of boot camp, and he doesn't point out who did it. He's just like, no, no, I sleep real hard or whatever he says. And yeah. Uh, so. to he said a toss and turn in my sleep. Yeah, he's like, I sleep real hard. But anyway. Yeah, it's, honestly, I recommend it highly. It, it is honestly, 2016 was like one of the best years for movies, in my opinion. I mean, oh, I agree. Water, Manchester by the Sea, Moonlight, Hacksaw Ridge, uh, La Sing La Street. Land. Yeah, Independence Day Resurgence. No, I'm kidding. But. Oh, shit. No, God, no. So, but, uh, it, it's a fantastic year. And no, it's, fantastic. it's a story that not a lot of people knew that I feel like a lot of people should know because, yeah, you, you, you always get the idea like, oh, the American man going to war and he's going to go and fight the Japs or whatever. And it's like, no, this guy wanted to save lives. It's not all just about, you know, going out and killing. You know, war is war. War is hell, you know, so. That's damn what it, I, Mel Gibson, but damn the man no story structure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> God, I was thinking about that randomly today, that whole scene. Oh, my nipples. <laughs> it hurt oh, when you twist them. So South Park, we love you. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so yeah, no, Hacksaw Ridge, I highly recommend it. It might be, I don't know if I like this one. Probably I like this one more than Dunkirk, to be honest. I I can agree. There was just there was more because like Dunkirk was the movie where it shows you like this is for the ma- majority of people. This is what war is because it's not just focused on one person. It's not telling a story of one man. It's Dunkirk is like this is what it's like or was like for these people here. They didn't know each other. They only cared about survival. You know, they wanted to live. This one is about a single man, so the one man and his conviction and his holding on to that belief even when all hell breaks loose and people are being killed and dying all around him, he still will not pick up a gun. And the only, well, I don't want to spoil what happens with, uh, with that, but anyway, so yeah, at at any rate. And then the last movie we're going to talk about today that I feel is very much, it's, it's so, it's not so much a war movie as an anti-war movie because it shows the effects of PTSD and how war just affects soldiers I know a lot of people were thinking it was like, you know, for lack of a better term, right wing propaganda. It's it's all about like how the, you know, it it glamorizes war and blah, blah, blah and bloodshed. But American Sniper is a damn good movie that that Clint Eastwood. For for you, because I only watched it when it first came out. I have not seen it since. I really don't remember that much about it. Basically, he was Bradley Cooper. He plays Chris Kyle. I think his name was. Yeah, Yeah, and, and he was a rodeo whatever he was like a cowboy and then 9-11 happened and he felt convicted so he went into the marines and i think he became a part of seal team six or something like that he became a navy seal and he did he was really good at being a sniper and obviously i think he has like he's one of the most he's got either the most kills or he's got like he's one of the most decorated like marksmen in in u.s military history if not like the navy history but anyway and so yeah, it shows him going to Iraq and, and like I said, it shows you the brutality of war and the effect it has on the soldiers because like there's a scene where he's just sitting there, you know, and his job is just to watch the road and make sure that, you know, there's nobody trying to start anything. And you see this guy come out, right? And he's got a missile launcher and he's about to shoot it at these American uh, soldiers or, or something like that. Or it could have been civilians. I don't remember exactly, but he has those missile launcher. And so Bradley Cooper, you know, takes him out 
And then this little kid comes up and picks up the thing. And he's like, oh, my God, do I do this? Do I kill a kid? Do I? And he's just like, put the thing down, kid, just do it. And he's just about to, to shoot him. And the kid just puts it down. And it's just like one of the most intense scenes. I wouldn't say in film. It's a very intense scene is what I'm trying to say, you know, and then he gets back home and it, he has his wife and two kids and he's just very emotionally distant and his kid like does one thing to like uh, upset him and it kind of sets him off. And it, it, yeah, he like by the end of the movie and, and we all know Chris Kyle unfortunately passed away in real life, but it, it kind of goes into how he helped other soldiers with PTSD at the end of it. And, you know, a lot of people were saying, Oh, this movie glamorizes a guy who killed a bunch of people. It's like, well, one, I mean, look, I'm, I'm against war of any time, but of any type, but he, you know, he did what he did. And I wouldn't say the film glamorizes what he did in war. Like I said, it's more about his, the effect it has on him as a person. That's just my, and like, there's even a scene where he's like at a, at a dealership or something like he's getting like new tires or something or an oil change in the sky is like, Hey, you know, you're, you're, you saved me in Iraq and you're my hero. And he kind of just is like, uh, Okay. And then, yeah, so it's it's Bradley Cooper does a really good performance. Clint Eastwood directs it. And yeah, for anyone who just says that it's like, you know, this movie is just glamorization of, of war and killing. It's like, no, no, it's it's much more than that. I really highly recommend people give it a chance because, you know, people out there, war messes you up. I'm not going to name names, but I know somebody who actually I know a couple of people. One person that I know lost his brother Uh well, he didn't. Okay, so my the person I'm talking about, he himself didn't actually didn't actually serve, but his brother did. And his brother, long story short, his his battalion or whatever got ambushed, and he, as far as I know, had a slow death. And then somebody else I know, uh, this person watched one of their friends burn alive, from what I'm hearing. So mm. it it messes with you. So that's. That's why I think American Sniper is an important film because it, it, it shows because like a lot of times you get like all these movies like go fight the good fight and, you know, America. F yeah. And it's like, no, it's it's not about that, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's like you know, we see what it is on like, you know, pictures and, and movies and, you know, all that. But like that is kind of showing the after effects of it. It's like. You know, that's what happens when, you know, the day the sun goes down, comes up the next day, the cameras are off and they come home kind of thing. Yeah, that's why I like a lot of the modern war movies is because they're more or less just about the people fighting in the wars. It's not so much about the war themselves, because, I mean, like uh, this isn't a war movie, but I, I know there's a movie like 20 years ago. It's about the Cuban Missile Crisis and it's about. Oh, know, God, are you talking about the, the oh, my God, another movie we were talking about because it had. um kevin costner in it yeah don't if it's gonna if it's gonna upset you don't even worry about I it but what it's gonna upset me. i just i hate his accent in that movie okay. he was so annoying the whole movie well it's like okay so i'm trying to think like another so like just a movie that kind of just like there are a lot okay so i can't be hypocritical and say there's a lot and not think of one but you know like there are movies out there that are just about waving the flag and riling people up to go yeah america screw you know the terrorists and whatever and i'm like yeah but like i'm against war of any time i'm a pacifist you know that so like i like the films that show you that war is not something to be glamorized or sought after you know and that's what i feel like a lot of these movies do well yeah because like they want to make it look like heroic like 
one side is the good guy and the bad guy. Like they try to make it as black and white as possible. Like yeah, I mean, that's what that's what World War II movies do because there is a clear bad guy, which is the Japanese and the Germans because they're genocidal. Yeah, uh, they're ideologically prone to, to you know, racism. Because you know, if you're not of any Germanic origin, in any way, don't care if you're French, English, whatever, you're not German. We don't like you. Mm-hmm. Or just same thing with Japanese. You know, you may be Asian, but you're not Japanese. We don't like you. And so then that's how it kind of went with that. But and then with the U.S., it's like okay, we have problems at home, but we're not rounding people up and murdering them. Same thing with Britain. We have problems at home, well, but we're not rounding people up and murdering them. Well, they were rounded up and put into camps. As far as I know, they weren't murdered, but I'm not trying to get into that. So, at any rate, but, I mean, because, yeah, I mean, the Japanese internment camps, but. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, there are like, problems at home, but we're not murdering them. Well, man, I understand, like, the old 40s, you know, and 50s movies that were, like, you know, basically serials about, you know, uh, the, I mean, like. I'm trying to think of an example, but like there were movies in the forties that were exactly that. Just like America, F yeah. And, and we hate our, cause they were trying to, you know, just fight the good fight, both, you know, they wanted to, to inform people what was going on and also just lift spirits, I guess. And then, yeah. but again, even it's so like psychology has come a lot in, you know, the year since world war two. And so I think that's, you know, I mean, like, a lot of great war movies don't just glamorize war. I mean, it, one of the greatest war movies of all time, Saving Private Ryan, you know, it's it's really an anti-war movie. Think about it. Because, like, they're, they're trying to think, like, is all of us dying worth worth it to save one man? You know, and it asks questions about that, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, my, that's my whole point. I, I like films that are more human and, you know, don't, because I, I, you know, I'm, there's a there's a movie that came out like 10 years ago that I just remember it was I think it was called like Act of Valor. And it just was basically a cut and dry copy and paste. It was like these terrorists are trying to kill people and the the army that are played by real army enlisted veterans, whatever they are, they come yeah. out and, you know, they kill the terrorists. And, and you know, it's it's like again america f yeah it's like eh. i i would rather watch hacksaw ridge a hundred times before i watch that one again understandable yeah so uh, but, but anyway no like i said i'm against war of any type but i do respect those who have served and gone through a lot and you know if that's if that's what you want to do i you know respect you you know i'm not we'll gonna make a s- movie yeah exactly so but that's just kind of what we're at, you know, because it's Memorial Day. We want to rec- remember all those who have fallen and, and passed away and, you know, may they rest in peace. But that's, you know, that's I feel like we made good choices in our movies then by, by just talking about, you know, like I said, the more human element and how it messes with people. So because like I told you, there's somebody who saw their friend burn alive. And this person is I mean, I don't know them very well, but I do know that they got issues. So. I can't imagine, my God. Oh, no, no. And, and yeah, I mean, even going back to World War II, I, I again, I'm not going to name names, but I know somebody, well, not that I know somebody, but somebody I know, their relative apparently 
was part of an anti-Nazi thing when the Nazis were gaining power and this person like was cornered by the Nazis and instead of being captured, he he took a grenade to the chest. So stuff like that. Ooh. On that note, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> got a few minutes left. Anything else you want to say, Alec? Because we got like three minutes. No, uh, I would just say I would check out these movies. You know, I would also recommend checking out HBO Max, uh, see, uh, Steven Spielberg and Band of uh, Brothers. Band of Brothers and uh, Pacific. There's just other great World War II things. Every Memorial Day, me and my grandmother, because she passed, we would watch Band of Brothers. Um, I, even though it's 20 years old, it's still fantastic. Uh, I would watch, I would recommend those um as well but again just be with your family and remembrance you know for you know the most part yeah yeah it's not about barbecuing this weekend it's about remembering so yeah anyway well thank you all for listening and yeah pretty sure you know if you have a loved one who has served be sure to give them a hug on our behalf and yeah uh we'll catch y'all next week all righty